You are listening to the Long Hollow Students Podcast. For more information and to stay updated, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at LH Students. Hey, we can clap for that. We can clap for that. Come on, give it up. Good. That was a great story. Awesome, awesome. All right. How's everybody doing this night? Everybody good? All right, we're going to dive right into it. Um, we don't have much time, but the time we do have, we will maximize and um, dive straight into God's word. So, man, go ahead and stand as we read the passage for tonight. Again, we stand out of respect and reverence for the word of God because we know the word of God has the power to change lives. And only the word of God has the power to do that. Mark chapter 5, this is what it says. They came to the other side of the sea, to the country. And Jesus, when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him up anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart and broke the shackles in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus afar, he ran and fell down before him. And crying out with a loud voice, he said, what have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? Let's pray. God, tonight, would you do something in this room with these middle school students. Jesus, would you show up in a a real, tangible way tonight? So much so that the kids who walk out of this room, God, they are truly changed. Not because it was a good sermon, not because that it was a cool pictures, God, not because of any of this stuff, God, but because you showed up, Jesus. Because your Holy Spirit would dwell with us in this place. God, would you show up? Would tonight be a different different night? Would it be a special encounter with you, Father? God, we want your word to come alive. God, we want to read the story of this man and not just hear a cool story, God, about a man changed. But God, relate this to who we are Some of us were this man right now, and some of us, we were this man, and we can testify to the work of Jesus Christ. God, would you make this story real? Thank you for your scripture. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your salvation. Thank you for your son. I pray these things in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. So as we dive in to tonight's sermon, you're going to need your fill in the blanks. So go ahead and wave your fill in the blanks in the air. You're going to need these, and then you're going to need a small piece of paper that should have been on the chair 
that you were sitting on, wave that small piece of paper in the air also, as small as it is. Make sure you find that small piece of paper. You're going to need that. Awesome. So let me walk us through this story real quick as we dive into the passage of Mark 5. Jesus has just arrived at a spot where, man, you could say he's never really been before. And he meets this man as soon as he steps foot outside of the boat. This man is possessed by demons. And when he, when he views this man, when he sees this man, let, really try to get the picture, his, his clothes are tattered. He, he probably has a, a stench that meets Jesus before the man does. His hair is probably matted. His feet are probably crusty. Who got crusty feet in here? I got crusty feet. As I'm just being, can I, be, I can't be honest? Thank you. Honesty. 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 He's, he's probably hasn't showered in a very long time. His nails are probably not cut. Shh, please don't miss this. This man has an unprocurial lifestyle right now. And the Bible says that he has these chains on him. So really, let, let it sink in. They're trying to subdue him. Shh, we've seen chains before. Shh, we've seen chains. Shh. He has these chains that he's bound by. Because the townspeople, they, they, they've tried to subdue him, but they can't anymore. They've tried to control him, but they can't anymore. So they, they've bound him by chains. And he's, he's broke some chains already. So, man, these chains are heavier and stronger. And they probably bound his hands and wrists so he can't get out. So understand that, man, the skin on his body is probably shriveled and probably bruised from this chain. This man has gone through some things. So when I start to talk about this man, understand, he could, we could very much be similar to this man that I just described. Yes, maybe now on the outside we don't look all beat up. And we may have the new J's that come out. Man, we may have the new whatever. But on the inside, our heart could just look just as beat up as this man does on the outside. But, man, we're just as beat up on the inside. Man, this is the big idea for tonight, man. I, I really hope we all get this. Because this man was consumed by things that you probably never even heard of. This man was consumed by things that you probably never even imagined before. But he realized something. And that's my prayer. My prayer for you is that we would realize the same thing that this man realized at the end of the story. He realized that Jesus was greater. Let me say it again. At the end of the story, this passage, this man realized, he finally realized that Jesus was greater. Greater than his sin, greater than his addiction, greater than all things that he was being bound by. Jesus is greater. 
Growing up as a kid, I used to love, and now I still do a little bit, um, watching scary movies. Who likes watching scary movies? I love watching scary movies. And so me and my friend, we would do this. We would wait till it was super late at night, like 3, maybe 2 a.m. in the morning, and we would find the scariest movie we could find. Pop some popcorn, hang out, and then we would watch this movie super late at night, and the, the goal was to see how scared we can get each other. And so literally we're just trying to make each other just poop in, each, and poop in your pants. Like we're just trying to scare you. And so whatever scary movie we can find with things flying in the air, whatever, we would find that movie and we would watch it. And so that was what I did as a kid until this one time. I had a really bad experience. So we walked to the movie theaters. We actually walked to the theaters this time, and it was about two miles away. We walk to the movie theater, and we go to see this movie called Paranormal Activity. Listen, this movie wrecked me. How many of y'all have seen Paranormal Activity? Okay, wow. I'm, I'm praying for all you guys, seriously. So, listen, sh I watched this movie, and you can take, take I'm, I'm getting scared just looking at that. Can you take that off? That's freaking me out. No, you cannot see a preview. Listen, so, I'm in 10th grade, and I am watching this movie in the movie theater, and I am like... This was such a bad idea. And literally, it is scaring me half to death. And I'm watching it, and we're, we're freaking out. We're like, oh, my God. We're in the movie theater screaming. People are like, shh. And we're like, you don't see what's on the screen. And we're, so we're, we're literally going crazy. And so we step out the movie theater, and I'm like, okay, all right, we made it. We made it. And so I literally, I'm like, I'm literally like hypervalent. I'm so, so scared. And there's, there's a tension. And here's a tension. We, we walked there. And so um, being that we walked there, we had to walk back. And so the tension for me is, man, do I want to walk back with my friends? And, man, that's a huge tension because, man, listen, I don't want to walk back by myself. I'm scared. Like, I don't want to walk in the night. Like, I'm, I'll be scared by everything. But on the other hand, man, if I, if I don't walk back with my friends, man, they, they, may not smell, they may not smell the fact that I pooped my pants. And so that, that's a big deal to me because I'm like, man, did I actually poop my pants in that movie theater? And so I'm really contemplating not walking back with them. So I'll go to the bathroom, i check, I'm good. So we're good. So I'll walk, walk back with my friends. But that was a real kind of cross, crossing point for me when I stepped out the movie theater because I was legit that scared. So we start walking back home. And every little shadow, every little noise, every little creak that I'm hearing is making me want to go and just hide somewhere. And so we're walking, and then we start to run, and I'm like, oh, let's go. And we're literally acting like we're in the movie, and we're jumping over things, and it's just literally just trying to make it home because something's after us. Don't know what that was, but something was chasing us. I, I can't prove it. Something was chasing us that night. So get home. I can't sleep. Every time I close my eyes, I'm seeing images from the movie. I close my eyes, I'm like, ah, I was like ah, I can't close my eyes. And I'm literally just trying to figure out how am I going to go to sleep. So I'm literally just in my bed tossing and turning. So I, I call my mom. What else am I going to do? Mom, help! Help me! Help me, please! What's going on? Can't sleep. I'm seeing demons. What? You heard me. I'm seeing demons. I can't sleep. What are you going to do? So she does what any mom would do. She prays for me. And it was like 4 a.m. at this time, and so it's 4 a.m., and she's praying for me, and no joke, I feel better, I go to sleep. I go to sleep, and I'm like, man, mom's no best. Anybody, anybody grateful for their mom? Anybody happy they have a mom? Man, praise, moms are great, right? Moms are great. 
So why do I tell you that story? Why do I tell you that story? For two reasons. Here's the first reason. I'll tell you that story for two reasons. First reason is this. Even after 10 years, because I didn't watch another scary movie for 10 years after that. It, it, a decade literally went by before I watched another scary movie. I was legit that scared. And so when I finally got over that, 10 years later, today I watch scary movies all the time now. I'm not, it's no, it doesn't affect me. I'm a grown man. I was like, ah, whatever scary movie. I laugh at them. It's no big deal. So to let you know, the first reason is that I watch scary movies now. The second reason that I tell you that is because you have to understand and this leads to our first point. Evil is real. That, and that's your first point. You have to understand that evil is real. So that night, call it what you want, I could not rest. I felt oppressed. I felt like something was after me, like something was next to me, chasing me, whatever you want to call it. Something was going on that night. So understand, evil, evil is real. And it's nothing you really want to be playing with. And so we, we see in this story that the moment Jesus steps off the boat, something happens. Look at what verse 2 says. It says in verse 2, when Jesus stepped, has stepped out the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Go ahead, take your pencil and circle that word unclean spirit in your Bibles or highlight it in your phones. Unclean spirit. Highlight that. You see, as Jesus is stepping off the boat, he sees the man physically. He sees the man physically. He sees that there's a man in chains walking towards him. And he probably hears this noise. He's he sees this man walking towards him physically, eyes, ears, whatever. But then he also sees something else. He also sees something else in this man. And he, what he sees is an unclean spirit in this man. Understand, Jesus is 100% man and 100% God. So that means that he physically can relate to us, but he supernaturally has the characteristics of the almighty God. Seeing things that we can't see, feeling things we can't see, doing things that we cannot do. He sees this man physically, but he also sees this man spiritually. And seeing him spiritually, he sees this unclean spirit in this man. Understand that we live in a spiritual world. Listen, students, please don't get it twisted. Jesus saw this man, and he saw the demons also in this man. The Bible speaks about it clearly, that, man, there's a physical life that is flesh and blood, that physical reality, things you can touch and see, but there's also this spiritual dimension, this spiritual world, this spiritual warfare, if you will, that we are at battle with, that we are at odds with. And it says it here in Luke 10, 27, it says, Then an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus, saying, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? So, so get, get the scene. This man is testing Jesus. He's saying, listen, what, what do I got to do to get eternal life? And some of you guys may have the same question. You guys are probably in the room like, hey, Steph, let's just be real. Man, what do I got to do to get to heaven? 
Do I got to, you know, come to church three times a week? Do I got to read the Bible? Do I got to pray? What do, what do I got to do to get to heaven? That's all I care about. I want to get to heaven. I don't care about anything of this Bible stuff. What do I got to do to get to heaven? And this is the answer. This is the answer that Jesus gives the man. Verse 27. Love the Lord your God with all your what? Heart. And with all your? With all your soul. Stop right there. With all your soul, the Bible says. So understanding that there are a couple different things that make up you, make up who you are. There is this heart, there is this soul, and then it says with all your strength and with all your mind. Bible pointing back to, hey, man, there's a spiritual side of you. There's a spiritual part of who you are, and it's called a soul, it's called a spirit, and that part of you also needs to love the Lord your God. So the same way that your, your physical lips give worship to God, the ways that your physical hands lift up and give worship to God, the same way that your physical feet walk in line to his doctrine and his, his lifestyle, the same way that you physically can worship God and love God, man, you spiritually need to do the same thing. Your soul needs to love the Lord, your God. Don't, don't miss this, students. Your entire being is called to love God, and there is a spiritual realm that needs to love God also. This spiritual version of you needs to love God. But to worship God with your soul, what does that take? What does that mean to worship God with your soul? Because understand, it taps into and it dials into a part of our faith that we usually don't talk about a lot but should get a lot more attention, and that is the Holy Spirit. So if you don't know, let me, let me kind of just really quick break this down. The Holy, God is made up of three different parts, Holy Spirit, Father, and Son. So you have God the Father, you have God the Son, and you have God, the Holy Spirit. And we know, man, a lot about the first two, God the Father, God the Son. But, man, the Holy Spirit side, the spiritual side, the soul part of, you, of the God, per se, man, we really don't know too much about him. So, man, to be able to really worship God with your soul, man, you have to dial in, you have to tap into that part, that person of God, which is the Holy Spirit. And when you start to feel the presence of God, you know something's different about your worship. When you start to experience the presence of God, man, you know you're tapping into a different type of worship. So, the Bible tells us, man, once we start tapping into this spiritual side, and we start acknowledging this spiritual side. Because remember, our first point is that man, evil is real. And when we start to tap into this spiritual side and we start to tap into knowing God and worshiping God with our soul, man, we acknowledge that, man, there is a spiritual side to this. But then there's a parallel and there's a polar opposite on the other side. To the good Holy Spirit, there's a polar opposite to that, and that is the devil and evil spirits. And so there's a tension there. There's another tension. 
Okay, hey, it's okay. So yes, I, I, we, as believers, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we need to know and tap into the Holy Spirit. We need to tap into the Spirit that dwells inside of that inside us that we received on the day we gave our life to Jesus. We need to tap into that and know that and worship God through that. But there's the other side where we don't need to tap into the evil side of the spirits. We don't need to know everything about demonic powers. We don't need to know everything about the devil. We don't need to know all of that. We just need to acknowledge that they are both real and at odds with each other. We need to know those things. Because understand, when you know that the Holy Spirit is real, man, things start to happen in your life. When you start to lean and allow the Holy Spirit to, to completely consume you, things start to happen in your life. Man, you understand that, man, addictions, depressions, sin in your life starts to be broken. Like we see in this man's story. And we see that, man, there's a certain protection that comes with knowing that you have the Holy Spirit inside of you also. So while we can't be possessed like the demon-possessed man was... We can't be oppressed like I was walking home from that movie theater. Wow, let me say it again. While we can't be possessed like this demon-possessed man was in this story, who in the story we read that he was filled with many demons. Listen to what it says in verse 8. For he was saying to him, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. Verse 9. And Jesus asked him, what is your name? Jesus asked the demons and the man, what is his name? And the man replied, my name is Legion. My name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send him out of the country. Understand, we cannot be possessed as believers. But we can be oppressed the Bible protects us, the word of God protects us, God, the Holy Spirit protects us. And that's our second point. Evil still bows down to the Savior. Evil still bows down to the Savior. Look at verse 6 again. It says, and when, Jesus, and when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him. And crying out with a loud voice, he said, what? Have you to do with me, Jesus, son, the most high God? See, the man saw Jesus and the demon saw Jesus. And when they saw Jesus, when the demon saw Jesus, they fell down at the feet of Jesus almost to say, hey, listen, Jesus, have mercy on us. Acknowledging the authority and the power of who Jesus was. Understand that this demon recognizing Jesus wasn't an, ex an exception. That this demon wasn't the only demon in the world who recognized Jesus. But that all demons know who Jesus is. They know who he is. And they shudder and they bow down at his presence. Look at what James 2.19 says. As, it says, you believe that God is one. Good. Even the demons believe and they shudder. This demon is not alone in understanding the gravity of who he's talking to, that this is the most high God. Jesus is known by the demons. 
because he has the authority over the demons, and they bow down to him. So he sees Jesus, he crumbles. And in your life, did you know that Jesus has the authority over the good things in your life and the bad things? Heads up, middle school, don't miss this. Heads up. Say it again. Did you know that Jesus has the authority over the good things that happen in your life as well as the bad things that happen in your life? The good and the bad is from God. And some of you guys, I see your, I see your brain working because you're, you're processing all the bad that you've experienced in this life. You're processing all the evil you've seen in this life. And you're saying, wait, 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 hold on, chef. You're saying that Jesus has authority over the good and the bad? <laughs> all the bad that I've gone through? You're saying Jesus has authority over all that and it is Jesus' doing? Let me say it very clear. Jesus allowed it. The good and the bad, anything under the sun, Jesus allowed it. Job, the book of Job is a perfect example of this. The Bible says that, that at a point in time in heaven that the devil came to God and said, hey, listen, I'm here. And God said, okay, where have you been? And God and the devil said, hey, listen, I've been here and there. I've been, you know, to and fro between, between the earth. And then God does something crazy. He says, well, have you considered my servant Job? God brings Job's name up. He says, well, you've been back and forth. But have you considered Job? The devil's like, well, you know, I, I, I haven't considered Job. God tells and allows the devil, he says, you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want to Job, but do not touch his life. You can do whatever you want to him. You can take away everything I've given to him. You can do whatever you want to his family, but you cannot touch Job's life. So the devil begins to take away everything Job had, his flock, his kids, his house, and he starts to decimate the world around Job, but not touching his life. Who allowed that? Who allowed the devil to do that? Who gave the devil permission to do that? God did. The good and the bad is allowed by God. Now, I'm not going to sit here on this seat before you guys and say, I know why. I'm not going to give you an answer and say, well, the good, that, 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 that bad thing happened because God had a plan and, and this plan was to see that I'm not going to give you an answer and act like I know why the bad things happen. If I could give you an answer, I would be God. But I'm not. But I will tell you this. <laughs> I'd rather know who to go to and give thanks for the good. Give thanks for the good, man. Know, knowing exactly who to go to. I know I can go to Jesus and thank him from the good. And everything that comes from the good. 
the good things that happened in my life. I know, I'm, I'm thankful I can go to somebody for that. And I'm also thankful I know who to go to for the bad and to question, God, why did this happen? I know exactly who to go to. You know what? I don't go to, I don't go to the devil and ask, hey, devil, why are you doing this to me? I don't, I don't go to the devil and ask him anything because I know who has the authority. God allowed it. And I'd rather be able to go to God and ask him why. I'd rather know exactly where to go and ask why and be okay that I'm not going to get an answer. Because this statement is true. And if you have a pencil, write this down as we get ready to close. I know a couple things. The first thing I know is that, man, going to God, I know I won't, I'm not, I know I'm not promised an answer. I know I'm not promised an answer when I go to God for the bad things. Like, God, why did this happen? I know that I'm not promised. Hey, Chef, I've been waiting for you to ask me. Here's a detailed explanation of why your grandma died. Hey, this is why she had to die. This is why your brother died. This is why your this is, I'm, not, I'm not promised any detailed answer of any of that. But what I am promised is that he will give me the strength through my weakness. That he will give me the peace that surpasses all understanding. Like Philippians 4, 7. I know and I'm promised that. I am never promised an answer. But I, I know where I can go to ask why. And this is why. Because the one who allows, let me say it again. The one who allows also has the power to sustain. The one who allows all things also has the power to sustain all things. And that concludes us. He sustains us. I'm going to end with this story. My son Malachi, uh, he's getting active. This is a picture of him. Um, he's getting very active. And he's starting to climb trees and ride bikes and all this stuff. And so we got him a bike. And we're like, hey, Malachi, you're going to get a bike. And so he's, oh, yeah, bye, guy. He's super happy he's going to get a bike. And so his bike has no pedals. All right, so there's no pedals on his bike because he, he can't figure out how to do the pedals yet. We're getting there. Don't judge me. And so we're, we're getting him on a bike and let me, let, me just, let me just clarify this. I, I gave my son life. Me and my wife, we, we gave our son life. And I get it, God is the one who gives life. Yes, but we got together and we gave our son life. But we also gave him a, a bike. And, and we also gave him a path that he's allowed to go on this bike. And we also gave him a, a, we taught him how to ride this bike. And so we understand with giving him a bike, a couple of things are going to happen. He's going to fall. Get it? He's going to fall. And so when he falls, we will be there ready to hold him and his bloody knees. When he falls, we will be there to hold his hand while he gets the stitches. We will, we will be there through the good and the bad. Why? Because we gave him the bike. It was us. We gave him the bike. We gave him the path. We gave him the, we taught him how to ride the bike. It was us. So through the good and the bad, we will be there. Get in middle school. This is the same thing for our, the God we serve. Man, he gave us the life. He gave us the body. He gave us the love. Man, he gave us, man, everything you have in this world. He, he gave it to us. And so through the good and the bad, he's responsible for it. But that does not mean he will leave you in it by yourself. He will sustain you through the good and the bad.
He sustains us. With the bike and the path, I also gave my son a helmet. And so that part is his choice up to a certain age. That part's his choice. He can choose to wear this helmet I gave him or he can reject this helmet that I've given him because this helmet has the power to protect him. This, this helmet has the power to potentially save his life if he gets into a wrong accident. This helmet, if he chooses to take it, has the power to save his life. It's up to him. It's his choice. Man, his response to me offering a helmet is on him. Tonight, we want to give you guys a chance to respond. It says this in verse 18 as we close. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with demons begged, begged Jesus that he might be with him. And he did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends and tell, go and tell, go and tell. Does that sound familiar? Go and tell. He told the man, no, no, you're not coming with me. But what you're going to do is you're going to stay here and you're going to go and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how much he has had mercy on you. And, and he went away and began to proclaim how much Jesus had done for him and everyone marveled. How will you respond? He was obedient. Jesus told him to stay and go and tell, and he was obedient. My question is, middle school, how, how will you respond? This man was forever changed. How will you respond? On your chairs, you, you guys saw the, the big piece of paper, and you, some of y'all saw the small one. On, go ahead and wave that small piece of paper. This is what I want you guys to do. On that small piece of paper, I need you guys to start to decide right now where you are. Man, what's something that you have not been freed from? Man, we, 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 we've gone through this story and we've seen that this man was finally free. Get the picture. This man is bound in chains. He is not going anywhere. His skin is probably bruised and bloody and he's been in shackles for God knows how long. And then the moment Jesus talks to him and casts these, this legion of demons out of him. Feel the magnitude of what happens. He's free. He's finally free. Some of you guys need freedom tonight. Some of you guys need freedom from something in your life tonight. Man, as Andy strums a little bit, man, would you, would you figure out what that is? Would you, would you find out what that is in your life right now? That, that you just need this freedom from what, what sin, what, what addiction, man, what pride, what, what is it? What is it? 
What do you need freedom from from tonight? Let me give you guys one minute, one or two minutes. And as you decide what that is, would you, would you make your way up here? And would you grab one of these, t- these thumbtacks? And after you write it, make your way up here. And would you, would you, would you, stick, would you stick the thumbtack on this board as a declaration that, hey, man, man I, am, I am saying that, God, you can have this. And would you stick it on this board? And as you do that, man, we're gonna we're gonna talk about man how Jesus takes us away from us. Man, this is a moment where you're not talking. This is a moment where you're not talking to your friends. Man, this is a moment where you're trying to figure out, man, what is in my life right now that I could give away. Man, what's in your life? What addiction, what sin is in your life right now that you need to have freedom from? Again, you are not talking to your friends right now. What is it that's holding you back? What do you need freedom from tonight? Like, you're not waiting another second. You're not waiting another, another Wednesday night. You're not waiting another Sunday. You're not waiting for you till you get home tonight. You're giving it up and you're saying, man, Jesus, would you free me from this in my life tonight? Enough is enough. Would you make your way up here? This back section, there's no way there's nobody over there who doesn't need freedom from something. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way it's all perfect. Man, this entire room is unperfect. If you can't be unperfect here, where can you be unperfect? If you can't be broken here, where can you be broken? If you can't come here because you need a savior, where can you go to need a savior? There's no way. There's no way. What do you need freedom from?